Welcome back to the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. On this episode, we will continue with part two of the Our Common Futures Conference. On this episode, Jennifer and Natalie catch up with conference attendees Melanie Audette with the Mission Investors Exchange, Brenda Hunt with the Battle Creek Community Foundation, Amy Peterson of Rebel Now, David Contour with Hebrew Free Loans, and Jason Politeer with PNC Bank and Foundation. To kick off part two, Jennifer sits down with Melanie Audette of the Mission Investors Exchange. What I'd like to start off today during our talk is to have you tell me a little bit about yourself and your organization, and then we'll go from there. Uh, well, I'm the Senior Vice President at Mission Investors Exchange. I am based in Seattle, and Mission Investors Exchange is a 12-year-old organization with uh, offices in New York, San Francisco, and then we have some staff in Seattle. Uh, but we're, we're a, a very small but mighty team that has a membership uh, consisting of mainly foundations of all types and sizes across the U.S. Uh, who are either building or expanding a, an impact investing program. And we started out as the PRI Makers Network 12 years ago when foundations were really focused mainly on doing program-related investments. And uh, about five years ago, we merged with the More for Mission campaign, which uh, was a campaign to encourage foundations to, to devote 2% of their endowments to invest for mission. I love that. So, uh, I, then, so here at the conference so far, what are your impressions then of how it works and how it applies to your, your mission through Mission Investors Exchange? Well, the Independent Sector Conference, as well as the Council of Michigan Foundations Conference, where we are today, represents uh, two things for, for me specifically. Um, first, Independent Sector has uh, very much more broad uh, attendance and participation than a lot of the conferences that we attend. And that includes the foundations who are at the heart of our network, but also uh, uh, those who play a very important role in the ecosystem around impact investing. And that includes uh, nonprofit organizations who oftentimes have uh, social entrepreneurial goals and projects, uh, and so therefore can be investees of impact investments by foundations, as well as those who support them in the field. So investment advisors, uh, philanthropic advisors, uh, attorneys and accountants, all of, the, all of those participants really play um, in, an incredibly important part uh, helping foundations to identify who investees can be and to be able to do the work uh, efficiently and uh, within the law uh, and correctly and responsibly. Um, the second part is the Council of Michigan Foundations. Um, uh, Mission Investors Exchange has had a five-year partnership with CMF, uh, and we've worked together over the years to provide education first for those uh, foundations who are interested in learning about impact investing. Through this partnership, Michigan has become the model, really, for the whole country in forming what's now uh, 
uh, an infrastructure within that association to help foundations not only to learn about impact investing, but to actually build and identify investment opportunities, create a pipeline for investment, uh, support them in that work. And now this year, they've hired an executive in residence at CMF to help in a local and regional level their their membership to do this. So understanding that we're drawing from a large group, there's a lot of people here from a lot of different areas all across the globe. What do you feel has been the highlight of the conference so far for you? Well, one of the highlights for me, because I was a speaker, was uh, seeing a a room um, that was absolutely packed full of people who are interested in mission investing or impact investing. And um, we found that recently, that there, there is an incredible amount of interest. But what's most gratifying is... Um, to, to see the participants in the audience really respond um, to, the, to the examples of uh, this work taking place in real life. And we had, uh, we had panelists in our breakout session who uh, helped people to understand that even as a small foundation, uh, you can be responsive to the community through different types of financial tools, like a loan that really is a more appropriate uh, use of capital for a particular situation, um, or an investment in a for-profit business that has uh, a mission, in this case it was green infrastructure, um, that really fits a a philanthropic mission as well. But it's a for-profit investment that is also uh, a real possibility for foundations to align more of their capital with their mission. Um, second, uh, and this, you know, was really personally gratifying as well. Um, I got to see Mo Rocca, and Mo Rocca is one of my heroes. He was moderating a session yesterday, and he has a kids show on CBS on Saturday mornings that um, my husband and I watch, and it's called uh, Innovation Nation. And he did an incredible job talking to Gary Wozniak. Uh, Amy Peters and Davida Davison yesterday on the plenary stage. These three social entrepreneurs uh, were so inspiring. Uh, I think there was uh, Davida Davison actually brought tears to my eyes. Uh, talking about her work uh, in the food space and her one of the quotes I love from Davida yesterday was she was talking about the people that she's in a sense mentoring and she said I encourage them to run for the United States of America the president of the United States of America and to me a statement like that means that with lead with leadership like this in communities uh, she is she is helping people to to understand that anything is possible and our session, you know, Impact Investing, The Art of the Possible, was really personified on that plenary stage yesterday by those speakers. What are you going to take back to Mission Investors Exchange from this conference and then in turn share with the world who are your clients? You know, it sounds funny, but uh, at these conferences, there are, um, there are oftentimes a lot of... The sponsors are the... Um, the, the exhibitions. The, the exhibitions. Yep. So 
a lot of times people just walk through the exhibitions and um, you know that can be frustrating sometimes for uh, the exhibitors mm-hmm. um, but I find that in talking with the exhibitors um, I really learn a lot but also find things to bring back and for this um, for this conference and this set of exhibitors which is really excellent I found several things um, one is the Fetzer Institute. Um, the Fetzer Institute is um, an organization that is focused on now in this en- environment, um, where, which is a little bit polarized, you know, um, talking about spiritual healing. And um, this reconnected me with some work of Parker Palmer, who um, is also another hero of mine. Um, and it reminded me that um, for our conference in May in Chicago next year, that um, some things to focus on include some of that um, racial and spiritual healing. Um, also, there was uh, a group out of uh, the booth uh, in Chicago. Um, there's an MBA program, uh, a weekend program with full scholarships. Uh, and for those in the nonprofit sector, uh, who are thinking about uh, learning more and engaging more in the impact investing space, that's an enormous opportunity to go from maybe uh, having a social work background or um, a liberal arts background, which a lot of nonprofit executives have, to, to having that opportunity that's funded by a foundation to have a full scholarship for a Saturday weekend program in Chicago. I thought that was amazing. And finally, the artwork. There, um, there's an artist that's uh, that's collating the ideas, the inspiration from the community in order to create a community artwork here at the conference. And um, I'm excited to, to see that come to fruition and also look at the opportunities for uh, engaging with the arts community next year. So these are really practical things that I've, that I've uh, brought back from the conference, but they're really valuable. It's a, it's a, it's a part of the, um, the value that I get from attending the conference, too. And I'm in 100% agreement with you when they talk about art and what art can do and talking about being polarized in multiple different areas right now. Art can heal. Art can build bridges. And by being able to incorporate that into your conference next year, I think that's an amazing takeaway. I think that is, that's going to be very impactful for the attendees and it will help heal and build those bridges. That's great. Thanks, Jennifer and Melanie for your parting thoughts on how very important community art can be, along with Melanie's note on the great exhibitors there at the conference. Next up, Natalie catches up with Brenda Hunt, CEO of the Battle Creek Community Foundation. We jump into the conversation just as Brenda begins to discuss how much all of the different sectors of funders intersect, especially at this conference. Yeah, I think um, the, the deeper we get in, the more we all crisscross and the more we're all alike. And in what's what's really, we're more alike than different, even in the sectors. And we should borrow and pick and choose from each other. And we should use for-profits when it makes most sense and create for-profits when it makes most sense for the situation. And uh, use non-profits more sparingly would be my thought pattern. Yeah, you make a really good point about about identifying kind of the landscape with everybody working together in this space. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about how identifying the landscape is really important when it comes to impact investing? Absolutely. So, you know, we 
kind of rushed in and wanted to do something. And I think a lot of people are rushing in trying to figure out what it is they should do after they decide they want to do something. And and, and we've done a few things now and more to come. But before uh, I can say to the board, this is where we need to be in what we all call the space, the space of impact investing or however anybody chooses to frame it up, uh, I think you need to learn about what else is taking place in our community uh, in what I call a community capital stack. And I believe those are your terms. <laughs> Everyone's got their own terms, don't you think? <laughs> they all mean the same. Essentially identify who the players are, who's got the money, and who needs to deploy it and get off the couch, right? Exactly. One of the the pieces that as we get into looking at what type of funding, what type of investment, what type of loans, uh, what type of investors you have in a community that are, that are investing in your community, then perhaps it becomes more clear of, of what, what our role uh, could or should be. And in that time and in that span as you're probably doing some things, um, you're, you're also a catalyst. And so when we look at our staff, we can identify what, I, what we thought were probably already messing. And, and when we have local people of investor quality, um, they're, more, they're not investing locally in our community from a business sense of the word. Right, right. You, it's that uh, basis start of a philanthropic heart, but you have that investor mentality where this space of impact investing lives and that you're talking about. And for, for our listeners out there, Brenda and her whole entire task force, in my opinion and our whole company's opinion, are just courageous thought leaders on all of this. They are out there not only discussing about what things are going on, but really they're the ones that are actually taking action and and really making things happen. So I am excited for you, Brenda, and your task force. You are actually, you're the doers. You're the doers. Yeah. Thanks. And, you know, I checked in with the executive committee and they agree also. Um, I think one of the the most exciting pieces that we're waiting to see how it turns out right now is there was a, uh, a new manufacturing startup, a food business, on the north end of our community. And it's it's in a place that was my grocery store when I first moved to, to town. It's been gone for a long time. And, you know, we, we took a look at what, what area we might want to do impact investing there and then uh, had you folks do the research on that. And then we said, not now and delivered some very constructive messages in a, in a whole bunch of ways. And, and then came the calls from out of town from some other folks that had looked at investing in there, some funds, uh, and looked at putting some money in there. So I look very forward to our future discussions of how those funds, our local investment, and some private investors might take this to the next phase. And, and, and what's most important is that the leverage in this situation has brought some people in the food industry business to the table, um, which is, we're not in the food industry business, but we are, are the eyes and ears of the community. So there's there's some potential collaborations here. So we'll just see how that turns out. Right. Well, I think it's very, very exciting. And, and like I said, you are taking the forefront lead, the pioneering piece of it. And I think that's just incredible. So let's get back to the conference. What has been a highlight for you uh, attending this? Has anything really spoken to you that you're really excited to share? Yeah, the, the change that's taking place, you know, I, I we have the folks at this conference who are also what we would used to call them grant seekers, and now 
they're investees. They're, they're entities, nonprofit and for-profit, that we would invest in. Then that opens up the whole toolkit to not just grants and loans, but other types of investments that you can do through an intermediary or directly. So you can see that and feel that across here. There, these conferences used to be called grant makers and grant seekers, and, and that was never um, a term that I necessarily uh, resonated with me previously. But you can feel the term. I think the fact that the impact investing section sessions are packed and there's lines out across the doors, that and the whole area around healing of racism are, are the two pieces that I've seen from this conference that really resonate where the interests are um, a bit overwhelming with people wanting to do something right and good. One is when those two items about this conference come together, then I think it's very important that we make sure that our intentions of reaching the populations that need to be reached, that need to be brought along, that need to have jobs and a quality of life and the creation of wealth, not wealthy, wealth, right, right. for a quality of life that we all think that each uh, citizen has the opportunity for and should have, that, that we make sure we're doing that and that we don't miss that in our work as we go forward. So I'm still employed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way back there, so stay tuned. But uh, Battle Creek Community Foundation, um, uh, best way probably is Brenda at bccfoundation.org. Um, or, or I'll always pick up the phone, 269-962-2181. And I'm always willing to talk because this is such an emerging area and I don't have the answers. They've had a lot of things that we've tried and I'm always glad to share what we've tried and, and what we're doing. Well, that's wonderful. And as, as you know, pioneering is not comfortable. <laughs> no, no, but it sure is fun. Absolutely. And, and if, we, if, we, if, we, if we didn't have pioneering, we'd have nothing, right. right? In our country and in our history and our world. And that's how I feel the field is right now, too. This right, right. Well, listeners, it's just been an absolute privilege to be here with Brenda. And I'm so excited that, Brenda, you've had the, taken the time to, to share this with us. So thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for how you shape this work and support us. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. There is that word pioneering again, that pioneering discussion. It's come up in many of the interviews during these sessions. It seems to me that the pioneering work of many in the field is rising the tide for all of us. Really great. Natalie and I had a good laugh one day when one of us blurted out, pioneering is not comfortable. <laughs> and it stuck. We laughed both at the simplicity and revelation of those few words all at once. But I digress. Let's jump back to Natalie as she sits down with Amy Peterson from Rebel Now. I am delighted to be here with our podcast regular Amy Peterson from Rebel Now. She's been doing some speaking here. And so hi to you, Amy. Hi, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here and always love the podcast that you guys are doing. Super fun. Well, how has the conference been uh, going for you this week? Uh, I know you've spoken a quite a few times, um, and today's the last day. So how's it been going for you? 
This is actually a fascinating conference to be uh, a part of, and I'm really honored to be here and to have the opportunity to speak and share our story and to be in a room full of foundations uh, to kind of pick their brains and navigate these waters and understand what they're thinking about when they make investments, I think has helped me understand how to maybe pitch my business better or to figure out who best to target when asking instead of kind of spinning your wheels and wasting all this time you know really narrowing your focus and figuring out who is who is the best fit for you and I think you'll save yourself a lot of time and energy when you do that that is true that is one thing that's very unique about this conference where they've pulled together pretty much all the players in a way at this conference so it is neat to be in front of everyone and talking and learning um, about everything in terms of impact investing Absolutely, and uh, it's it's also the dialogue the dialogue around impact investing is fascinating too. And what I was incredibly optimistic about is it seems like there's more and more foundations who want to do it, and they just don't quite figure, can't quite figure out how. But there's enough that are sort of the pioneers in this space that are saying, "Hey, we'll we'll teach you, or we'll find a way to do it." So that was as a social entrepreneur, that was really encouraging to hear. Right. Well, and you're right. And and you've had experience with impact investing. And how has that experience uh, helped and shaped you so far? Yeah. The um, and I think we are we also and we rebel now being um, kind of also early in this space of understanding what it is like to receive impact investing and what it takes to sort of court investors and and on and more one of those points where you. when you're in the midst of it you think it's so challenging to do the due diligence and get your ducks in a row and you're like god how many more numbers do they want from me what and in hindsight that's so valuable as a business owner to understand why that's important and you know to have companies like Greengrass Global who are there to really provide those supportive services and wraparound services to make sure that we are a, a tight neat package when we are put in front of investors and knowing and hearing that here at the conference of how they so appreciate that you know just goes to show again like how incredible you guys are and what you do thank you so yes it's been an interesting ride to receive some impact investing but all the grunt work behind it's been really valuable well, yeah, that, I think that's true. There's a lot of grunt work. A lot of grunt work. A lot. <laughs> We're not going to deny the grunt work in this in this space, yeah. but it is once you get it and, and not make it so difficult. It is actually pretty simple mm-hmm. in terms of what you need to do, but once you get it, then you can just keep going and soaring. Yeah, absolutely. It just takes an initial phase, if you will, of, of getting everything properly aligned and and it's a it's a communication, right? It's a it's a language right. that you know for so long if you don't know it, that's a barrier to get to foundations. And if you can learn to use the Rosetta Stone to communicate effectively with foundations, you know, it's it, things move a lot faster and and keeping up. And and we're finding now that because we did that with one impact investor, that now more are coming along our way. And that's and the upkeep to your point is right. far easier than the initial deep dive. Right. And, and to your, your courage, you going forward and being a pioneer in this space, because that's what I like to think of you in. And uh, I believe that you've shown that that is, it, it's a test of time. I mean, you've done it and, and it's worked. And it, now you're seeing the benefits of people getting off at the couch and deploying the capital. Yeah, it's fun to see some some buns moving (laughs) (laughs) well in terms of of this conference what has actually been a super highlight for you um 
to be on a stage with Mo Rocca, I mean, total nerd moment, but that was, like, <laughs> so cool. I, I think he's hilarious. And to be up there with the passionate Davida Davidson and the incredible Gary Wozniak was was awesome. I, I know them, but we've never had the opportunity to sit on a panel together. And I think we fed off each other very, very well and have brought different um, perspectives, but all unified at the same in the same breath. That, without question, was a huge cool. highlight for me. And I think I think people responded to it. I know it was a little different from the typical um, pl- opening plenary session that they typically mm-hmm. do with this uh, at this conference. So. Um, Hopefully, I think I think I think people liked it. Oh, I'm sure they did. Nerd, nerd moments are great. Nerd moments are awesome. <laughs> well, how do our listeners get in touch with you and, and Rebel Now? And what great things do you have coming up for the holiday season? Ah, that's a good good time to plug. Yes, um, I'm Amy at RebelNell.com. Our website is RebelNell.com, and we have launched in September a whole new collection. It's called the Everyday Collection, which is perfect. For the holiday gifts, it's great stocking stocking stuffers. We have everything from a twenty dollars price range um, to eighty dollars in our new collection. So it's it's the perfect holiday gift. Absolutely excited about checking that out. And so all our listeners out there, uh, give a shout out to Amy over at Rebel Now. Check out her new line and keep doing the amazing stuff you're doing. I love it. Thank you. I will with support from great people like you. Thanks, Amy and Natalie. I hope you guys all caught that you can support Amy at www.rebelnell.com and buy that great jewelry. We have really learned a bunch working with investors who want to fund Amy's business. It's a very good thing that she is such an excellent leader and forerunner in social enterprise. Before I get carried away with love for Amy, I'd better stay on track. So next we hear from David Contour with Hebrew Free Loans. Jennifer is able to gain some valuable insight into their program, starting with a great and meaningful history. So Hebrew Free Loan has been around since 1895 here in Metro Detroit. It was established by Jewish immigrants who came over and were used to being from places in Europe where they couldn't get capital. And so they all chipped in a small amount of money in 1895 that became the first pool of dollars. And we provide interest-free loans today, much like they did 121 years ago. Interest-free loans to Jewish people in Michigan to help with personal, educational, and small business needs. So that is just remarkable, especially, too, that, again, very used to not being able to get them, and then you make that possible. So tell me a little bit about, for our listeners, since we are here at, at the conference, how does that work for your organization? How do you get funding? How do, what does that structure look like? Sure. So we are a 501c3 charitable Im- impact organization, so we get funding by donations. We're a partner of the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit, a very solid, awesome partner of ours. So about a quarter of our operating budget comes from them, but we get the rest of our operating budget from donations, foundation grants, and investment returns. And then separately, we raise money for loan capital. The beauty of the loan capital pool is we're playing with money today that has been around since 1895 because it gets paid back at 99% of the time. And borrowers, um, either the borrower who borrows the 0% loan or the co-signers, that's how we uh, mitigate our risk, the co-signers or the borrower repay it and it recycles back out. So, that's Wonderful. Um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your recent victory partnering with the Max and Marjorie Fisher Foundation and how working with them you were able to get cash out into the community and what that looked like not only for the community but then back in return to the Fisher Foundation. 
It's, it's a wonderful relationship. The Max and Marjorie Fisher Foundation and Hebrew Free Loan started in December of 2012 with a program-related investment. That's one of the social investment vehicles that uh, our Common Future, this conference, is featuring. And the premise was this, Jennifer, that $200,000 was invested in December of 2012 for Hebrew Free Loan to use over a seven-year period so that that $200,000 went out to people to help them with cars, used car purchases, and fixing their homes, and for medical dental procedures like in vitro fertilization and for helping with life's uh, instances where cash is shy and people need to improve their lives. We got that 200000 repaid to us and it went out again and it's being repaid now so that our, our uh, hope and goal is that by December of 2019 we will have almost that full 200000 that we will then return back to the Fisher Foundation after it has generated $400,000 worth of social good. Wow, that is so great. And I know I'm, I get the benefit here of being able to look at the numbers right now. And just one thing that I want to point out for our listeners is that they were able to help 14 individuals get cars that they wouldn't have been able to go out and get a car. And what that ripple effect does on jobs and education and everything that those families were able to do because they were they were able to get funding that they wouldn't have been able to get before. So I want to get a little bit of your feedback today on the conference so far. Um, it, this is kind of a new format for the conference, right? Joining multiple forces together. What's been some highlights for you? So I have only attended the one session, but I can tell you from being in a room that was jam-packed with about 100 people from all over the place, I had people at my table from San Francisco, from Oregon, from different parts of Michigan, some on the funder side, some who are attorneys that are facilitating. People are very engaged at this concept of social investment. What can my role be as an attorney, as a, as a for-profit investor that just wants to make some dollars, as somebody who cares about the social impact results of my investment? What can I do as a 501c3 charitable organization who's at the table and I don't even know what a PRI is and all this stuff sounds like foreign language to me and the learning and the cross-pollination of people is awesome I don't know what was done in the past at this conference it's my first time here but I just I feel like I walked into a room where there was a rich environment and an ecosystem of smart people caring people who want to make these vehicles work no matter where you are on the spectrum and uh, and if you don't know we're going to teach you how to do it so it seemed really awesome to me yeah, and I, I was in that same room with you, and that is exactly what I took away as well. There is a lot of buzz and there's a lot of excitement where even though the idea of impact investing PRIs have been around for years, people are now taking action. They're ready. They're asking, how do I get part of this movement? How do I get capital out to people who need it? And how do I make a difference and make that impact? And how do I track it like you guys do already with, with right. your program? So in addition to that, let me ask you one more question before I let you off the hook for the day is this, is that understanding that you were in that room and you were talking and there was all of that energy, what do you think is going to be one of the key factors from that session today that you take back with you to share with your team? I'm going to take back the excitement that's in the room and the fact that uh, someone was at my table representing autism, someone was at my table representing how do you help individuals who are doing estate plans and want to be charitable and, and with the organizations, there are different vehicles. I'm going to basically take back with whatever hat was worn by the people who come to conferences like this, they're going to try and find a way in their communities to, I think, take this 
new, and I'm putting new in quotes because it might be new to them. Absolutely. Jennifer, you're absolutely right. The, the social in, in, impact investing has been around a while. I think in Michigan, it hasn't been as prevalent per se. And Detroit's entrepreneurial spirit, the way the city is coming back, fits perfectly with the notion of finding a way for investors, whether it's a foundation or an individual or a corporation or a government, all those pools of dollars to find a way to invest in something that may have a percentage return profit mm -hmm. and will also be doing social good to help at-risk population or going to clean up the environment. Detroit is perfectly twinned with that type of investment vehicle and I'm taking back that excitement to my team at Hebrew Free Loan. And one other hat that I wear, I work with uh, Jewish Free Loans around the globe. And social impact investing is huge in Israel, mm -hmm. and our largest free loan in the world is in Israel. Interest-free loans for millions of people in Israel, and they are growing a fund there. My colleagues in San Francisco, New York, and other places, they are as well. I will definitely be sending this podcast to them, make sure they listen <laughs> to it, share it with their boards and their major donors, because we do not have this in just the Petri dish here in, in Metro Detroit or at our Hebrew free loan. This can be copied and replicated in 501c3s with foundations, with investors all around the globe. You just have to think creatively, how can I make this model fit the impact I'm having on the on the service delivery side and on the investment side, how can I make this financial vehicle work? I love it. I think that is just so amazing. So I want you to do one pitch to our listeners. If they are in need of a loan, if they'd like to make a donation, what is the best way to get a hold of you, your website, how does that work? That's great. Well, first of all, you got to be Jewish, you got to be a resident of Michigan. So if you're not Jewish, I can put you in touch with people who can help you convert. Uh, but all kidding aside, um, all kidding aside, really, if you're Jewish and you're a resident of Michigan, we're at 248-723-8184, Monday through Thursdays, or www.hfldetroit.org. And if you're not from Michigan, there's maybe a free loan in your community. And if you're not Jewish, we'll uh, please call and uh, not us, but call someone else. And, and hopefully we'll find some resources of interest-free loans to help you. Absolutely. Well, then thank you so much for your time today. I truly appreciate it. I am going to release you back out into the conference so you can get even more energized and great information about what's going on out there. Thank you very, very much, Jennifer. Keep up your great work. Well, thanks, David. Oh my gosh, I laughed out loud when you mentioned that someone might be there to help with a Jewish conversion. I tell you, you might have a few folks taking you up on that. <laughs> oh my goodness, fun, I love it. Well, time for our last guest attendee, Jason Politeer with PNC. He shares some of his revelation on the discussions around the current cultural divides and has some great insight on some actionable items he plans to initiate when he leaves the conference. Here is Natalie and Jason. I am pleased to have with me uh, Jason Politeer, who is the chair for the Michigan Forum for African Americans in Philanthropy and also the vice president and marketing manager for community development banking at PNC. Or, as Jason would like to say, it is your title? The community development banking manager at PNC. So what have been your thoughts on this amazing conference of everybody compiling together? It has been a, a roller coaster, is, is what I call it. Um, we have cried together, we have laughed together, we have clapped and cheered together, um, all for our common future. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, for the time that we're in right now, I think this was probably one of the most relevant things that I've done lately oh, uh, in terms of convening. Yeah. Well, well, it's good that this this has been a good collaboration of getting everybody together and moving the needle and yeah. getting everybody, uh, you know, action items, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I think 
I think people will come out of here energized and ready to work mm. and ready to tackle some really hard stuff. Yeah. We talked about some really hard stuff at this conference and we talked about it. Now here's the thing, we didn't talk about it in silos which is the cool thing about this conference, right? Okay. We talked about it together and we talked about how do we solve some of our, some of the most uh, troubling ills of our society together. Yeah, that's, that's important. It's gonna yeah. take a unified front. Absolutely. And uh, what, is that your main highlight that you take away or is there another highlight or inspiration that you've gained from this? Yeah, I would say that's my main highlight um, is that, you know, you had you had all shapes, sizes, colors, economic levels, um, and industri industry sectors that really came together uh, at this conference. Right, exactly. Well, what are your thoughts on the future of impact investing, and how do you see it best working right now? So, I think impact invest. I think it's a hot topic right now. Uh, I think it's on on fire. Um, and at PNC, we've been in the impact investing space for like forever, right? Um, but we didn't call it that, right? We right. just call it lending money and providing equity investing in, in projects. But we've always been, um, particularly in my space in community development banking, mm. we've always been uh, in a space of trying to solve uh, society's problems, right? Mm. And so we've invested in affordable housing for years. We've invested in one of our, probably our, I like to call it our flagship philanthropic project mm -hmm. is our Grow Up Great program. Mm. Um, and that's impact investing at its best. And the Grow Up Great program is a $350 million, uh, 10 plus year uh, investment initiative for, of the PNC Foundation where we are looking to get kids ready for kindergarten. Right? And so they start school, not behind, mm -hmm. but on par with all of their peers. Wow, that's and that's great. been going great for us. Wow. Talk about great impact right out of the gates. And they've been doing it for quite some time. So you and PNC are pioneers in a way uh, of this whole movement. Yeah. We, 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 we look at ourselves as a pioneer in one of the, um, one of the original corporations uh, to really get into early childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, we've been in it. We started it, I want to say it was 2004. Okay. And so it's a 10 plus year. In, in right. 2004, we said we were going to do it for 10 years and then we were going to stop. But it, it's got so much momentum that we just continue the program. Right. And it's, it's, it's really changing lives in some of the toughest neighborhoods around the country. Do you have one prominent action plan that you want to take on, on going forward from this? So you've given me a chance to philosophize. Woo. So, so <laughs> what I'm going to take back, and and it's a it's a it's a quote that I heard here, and it is, people find it easy to remain a product of their past, mm. as opposed to becoming an action or a result creating a result for the future and so what we're going to be looking at doing is how do we take what we know and what we've learned to be to become actions for a better future jason as always you are as thoughtful as they come how fortunate this industry is to have you in the field with your heart spirit and brilliant mind i love it well this wraps up a special edition podcasting from the Our Common Futures Conference. 
Be sure to check them out and make plans to attend LA next year. You won't want to miss it. Bye for now. And until next time, keep those bonfires burning.